0: Welcome to the 41st episode of Tokenizing Everything, our weekly interview series with thought leaders in the blockchain industry. Today's guests are Janine Firefile and Camilla Etcaveri, co-founders at Meta Game Hub DAO. It's a pleasure to have the two here today, but before we begin, I have to mention that all opinions are solely personal and do not reflect the opinion of Amazing Blocks or any other involved party.
1: So guys, how are you? Hey, Nico. Nice to be here. Thank you for having us. Great, great oh, okay. podcast. Yeah, it's
0: it's great. Um, you're coming at the right time, right? NFTs, the metaverse, oracles, DAOs—that's all a lot of hot topics right now. And uh, I think MGH DAO is definitely covering a lot of those. So let's let's start with a brief intro round of you guys, where you just introduce yourselves, and then we can dive deeper into the journey of MGH. Awesome. Okay.
1: So go ahead, John, if you want to
2: start. Okay. I, I thought we were doing ladies first, but it's okay. Ladies first. <laughs> um, I'm Jeanne, uh or Jeanine, uh full name, you know. Um, I'm a multidisciplinary artist, creative, blockchain enthusiast. The first time I, um, I got introduced to Bitcoin, it was in West Africa, in Accra, by some really crazy people that... I think at the time it was like a dollar or something. It had gotten to a dollar. Like everyone's like, it's a dollar, you gotta get it, you gotta get it. Um, so that's the first time I got introduced to the crypto space. Uh, I spent the last decade working with companies like UNICEF, Deutsche Bahn, uh, working uh, as a consultant in West Africa as well. Just, I, I love, I love being involved in projects where I could just be a creative problem solver. And until I really discovered blockchain, then all of a sudden everything else made, like seemed so much tiny. Apart from my music, my music is always gonna be a priority, but everything else in the space, I felt like it's not as optimized, it's not as efficient, it's not as uh, future forward. So that's how I ended up in the blockchain space. Um, Personally, My favorite thing about our project right now is the metaverse aspect, even though we are dealing with a lot of stuff, but being able to be part of that space, it's really exciting for me.
1: Thank you, John. I'm I'm Camilo, I'm the co-founder of MGH. Um, My background is more of a financial background. Um, I studied finance here in Frankfurt and while I was studying I always got to realize like uh, the the huge amount of inf- information asymmetries and inefficiencies that are in the market and in the financial markets specifically. So I um, did like a deep dive into Bitcoin in 2016. So as an investor uh, went through all the ups and downs during the bear market of 2018, and during that time where everybody was like um, not talking about it, I. Uh, got to actually learn about the technology and like what the benefits of of mutable uh, trustless technologies actually are. So um, starting 2020, like when when the whole market started picking up steam uh, with with DeFi and like uh, the whole thing of adding logic to actually uh, transactions and and the transfer of value, I really got into what could be done with blockchain, and that's why we actually decided to to um, create MGH. So um, I don't know if you want to. Can give you a little overview on what we do. Sure,
0: sure. Go ahead. Once you have yeah. the floor.
1: <laughs> so yeah, and what we want to do with MGH, um, we have a DAO, which is a decentralized autonomous organization. If um, we talk about DAO, I mean there's a couple of concepts and and uh, acronyms that are gonna be. Uh, coming up. So to just clarify what a DAO is, if, if we want to be on the on the same page, that for me, a DAO is uh, a way of organizing people um, in a trustless way with a self-enforcing protocol. So we have the blockchain technology, which allows people to actually coordinate and organize. And then you can actually build on top of that structures, organizational structures that allow to um, like uh, actually have a company and, 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 and work towards um, common goals. So the MTH DAO wants to actually curate and collaboratively govern um, metaverse related assets. And these metaverse related assets, uh, since one of the main things that is really booming right now are, are virtual lands, that's the, one of the main things that we're approaching right now. So we want to allow the community to actually foster the development of virtual worlds by um, engaging with artists, with game developers, with different types of people that are involved here and to get them all together to actually develop this whole ecosystem as a whole. So that's um, from a a high level overview of what we do. However, this is something that um, is being done by different projects. I mean, we have uh, DAOs such as Pleaser DAO that communitively govern NFTs or whale, they all kind of do the same thing, which is actually a very interesting concept of actually democratizing the access to capital and allowing people to actually manage that capital uh, together. But uh, we wanna move uh, sort of a step further into this and it's, um, we wanna solve a problem that is affecting this market. And the problem is that uh, pretty much the NFT market is very inefficient. One of the main things there is that it's very liquid. So um, it's actually too, very difficult to actually trade the NFTs that are currently in the market. And we want to really solve this by um, implementing and using technology to actually allow people to fairly value NFTs. But we'll get into that later. I don't really want to talk too much about it and not let you guys talk. So.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Thanks so much, Camilo, for giving this, this overview. a um, very exciting project. And um, so in, in regards to just before we really dive into the entire metaverse space and Metafy, the convergence of, of DeFi and the metaverse and all these other aspects, let's just uh, take a step back quickly and uh, you know generally talk about you know, a bit more about your background and how, how you kind of you, you know, went on this path of becoming co-founders of, of this amazing pro- pro- project. So let's start with you, uh, Jean. From your perspective, you know, how did you get interested in, you know, being a creator of art in in that sense? And how was your journey that led to your, you know, let's say endeavors within the crypto space?
2: Well, um, and just being a creative, I've always been quite hyperactive. I mean, I think a lot of kids with ADHD are, Um, I started writing music with nine, so I've always been into... Constructing, putting stuff together, um, and then more relevant to the blockchain space, I think it was an article that you wrote actually that really got me fired up. I think my first question was like, if it almost felt like another door open. Like I understood crypto, but a lot of people. well not understood crypto that's the wrong definition and i knew crypto existed i knew that there's value i know about i knew about bitcoin i knew about ethereum and that's pretty much it i knew about bitcoin i remember having my first wallet and losing a whole lot because your girl didn't keep it you know whatever point is um when i read about all the possibilities with blockchain I, i understood the power uh, that crypto is actually using, and that it's just such a tiny fraction of what's possible in the long run. So having um, that introduction to the blockchain space and understanding how art can then be decentralized and how that can protect me as an artist, it made me really want to explore um, the space more. And I always I, I always thought if you go to someone's house, right, you bring something of value. Like maybe you bring a wine bottle or a champagne bottle. So me into the blockchain space, I looked at what's going on and, and try to figure out what I'm interested in, right? In the long term, of course, I have other projects that I'm also interested in. But to me, this was an opportunity not just to learn, but also contribute something that will allow different spaces to be connected in the metaverse space because i think the adoption of the of of the metaverse to the mainstream is at the cusp right like it might feel far-fetched but if if i check my childhood i've interacted with the metaverse in my own way myspace hubble hotel these are all like pre pre pre-metaverses that we kind of already engaged in so finding things that i'm already familiar with understanding the importance of giving back to community and, and, and creating a bridge in community is is what this project for me that's all that, that's what it's about and then i would love to use that knowledge to then also build different projects that are maybe more art centered with mgh artists will always have the possibility like to govern their art together to create passive income to provide liquidity. They can do all that stuff with each other. And I think it's bigger than just an artist. It's it's bigger than just creatives. It's an entire generation of people that need to rethink their relationship with finance, right? So um, providing these different solutions and them interconnecting to me, for me, to be able to build other projects, new projects that are very related to MGH, but also branch off more into my creative side. I think that's where my passion comes from and what really got me going with this.
0: Yeah, very, very amazing journey. And I think, right, you're definitely at the right time when it comes to converging art with with technology, with with everything that's been going on. So, and from your side, Camilo, right, and in regards to the the, the crypto space in general, you mentioned that you started in, in 2016, uh, like, you know, people always describe a certain, you know, wow moment, a moment that really got them excited about the space. Was there this type of moment for you or was it more of a, like a gradual process How was your path to adopting crypto into your <laughs> life, so to say?
1: Um, I think it was more of a gradual process because when I am, when I started investing in in 2016, I, I had this mindset of, "Wow, um, Bitcoin is such a volatile asset, and how is it possible it goes up 20% up in one day and then 20% down in the next day? And uh, it's used by scammers and all of the the things that that like you get when you when you start hearing about it, right? Oh yeah, that magic internet money, right? So I was at the beginning kind of very skeptical about it, um, and I think. Uh, that happens to many people as well. Of course, it has changed over the years. But then I started realizing, and I already mentioned this in, in the intro, is that uh, due to everything is embedded in code um, in, in in the crypto space. So every single every single transaction that happens, every single interaction can be actually um, be put in the in the code, and that will be the rule, so to say. So in that regard, you can add logic. To, to those uh, transactions and that logic to value. So I think that was like the wow moment for me. But I, I like in this journey going down the rabbit hole, I've been uh, impressed. Uh, I mean, you know how fast this space is. So uh, like every two weeks I see something new and I'm like, wow, okay. This is crazy, right? I mean, you see it with everything. You see it with DeFi. You see it with the metaverse. You see it with NFTs. Like the way they exploded in the last last couple of years, and how the society actually evolves uh, and actually gets one way or another in contact with with crypto, it amazes me. I, I think it's 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 just unbelievable. And I mean, it's technology, right? So uh, uh, technology is one of the things that has made societies prosper. And uh, if there is a technology that makes things more efficiently the probability for it, for it to be adopted is way higher. And that's one thing that we're seeing here in, in, in crypto. Um, banks are starting to realize it, like different types of uh, companies know that there is an efficient way cost, like where the costs are lower and where there are less friction. So I think that's that's where everything is going. And so, yeah, to answer your question, I almost have every month a wow well moment with with crypto. <laughs>
0: yeah i can i can definitely relate to that right um you know you would consider yourself kind of a a defi thing right a defi degenerate so to say um you know as you're in this defi space what do you would you kind of single out as the biggest benefit that DeFi will in general bring for for humanity in that sense Um, I
1: think that one of the main things that DeFi will will bring uh, to your humanity will be the uh, democratization of uh, access to capital, right? So if you uh, have money or if you really want to do something with your money, DeFi allows you to actually do it in a permissionless way, right? So you don't really need to ask uh, if you say, okay, I have some couple of bucks that I put on the side and I want to do something with them. You don't really have to go to the bank and ask them, all right, guys, what can you do with it? How can you, how can I actually make uh, some yield from this? So you can actually directly interact with these protocols and that uh, I think that's, that's game changing in that regard. What, I mean, the thing is now, I think it's a little complicated to actually access some of, some of these protocols, but as, but as, as the technology evolves, I think it will be way easier and people will be, like click, be able to click like on one button and their money will be uh, managed in an efficient way. But that will, I mean, it's, it's everything is step by step. But yeah. like permissionless aspect of uh, allowing access to capital and to yield is like the key uh, um, aspect for, for, for DeFi and for society.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's it's definitely one of the, the core benefits of, of DeFi. So yeah thanks for for this uh, overview and uh, guys don't think a defi dating is, is something positive right so <laughs> it's usually someone that is really a defi expert so let's let's uh, dive into into mgh dao and and you know kind of the process there and i think you know um just say i would like to ask you john um as you're really involved in regards to the the, the outreach strategy and, and getting you know mgh to the market and educating people in, in that field so so how has this journey so far been right how how is it do people understand the metaverse metafi and what mgh is or what would you describe as the biggest obstacles and and also opportunities from that regard and in regards to how do we basically you know make mgh mainstream
2: i feel like most of the conversations that i have with people um that are completely like, foreign to the space, right, because, like, I have friends, right, <laughs> you know, and they're asking me, like, you're always busy, you're always working, what are you doing? I'm like, <sighs> <Yeah. laughs> how do I explain it to them, right? To me, that's, like, a big thing. If I, I learned that the more comfortable I got with the language, breaking it down to them, the easier it was for me to go into these meetings and speak to executives and, and just present ideas or even just colleagues that are in the industry that I've never met before that might have some ideas for me, right? Um, the easier it got to speak to people that have no idea, it was easier to then also have the conversation with people that are in the space. Um, I've spoken to some government officials, I've spoken to uh, legends in the financial aspect, right? Um, you know, they've been there since the beginning of NASDAQ and stuff. And, They are really enthusiastic about the blockchain space, um, but even they don't understand truly how to prepare themselves for it. The reason I say that is because most of the time, people that have a lot of room and and are very flexible currently with the system that exists, um, it's very centralized, right? So they are trying to figure out how how can, they be, how can it be decentralized, but centralized for them? You know, how can they mon- monotonize the, the, the technology? And the fact that you can't, it's kind of frustrating because it interrupts with the natural flow of things and they don't understand how that, should, how that is going to be valuable. So on that aspect, it really opened my eyes to how badly we need to decentralize so many systems Um, I know it will start slowly. First, we're going to have centralized systems and then build decentralized systems on top of that so they interact with each other. But hopefully, in the next five to 10 years, we'll see more standalone decentralized functions and systems and use cases um, explode all over the place. Like, we need it. We, We don't just need it because, you know, give us the freedom. And we don't have to, like, ask anyone or get approval from the bank or all that good stuff, which somehow they're still going to figure out how to do that, turn that centralized. But just as a society, we we have been blessed with so much knowledge, especially in the the technology sector, more than I would believe ever before. And blockchain is going to force a lot of people to actually access this information and turn that technology into something more beautiful. I wanna see a society where we're more educated about the possibilities. What have people done before and where can you take it now, right? So that's, that's why when I have conversations about MGH, I try to not overthink it. I, I present MGH as what it is and also ask questions about, like, about what, how do they feel about the blockchain space? Because you can usually categorize them in one or the other. There are people that are really excited about Uh, the future. And then there are others who are more like, okay, but how do I, like, how do I become king of this or queen of this? Like, how is this mine? Um, You have really big corporations that are like global and their head of technology is like, or someone that has the power to make key changes that will set them up for 10, for the next 20 years. They're like, yeah, we love what you're doing, but we're not there yet. I'm like, that's exactly how e-commerce loved websites, but um, the stores didn't start thinking about websites until they started losing. You know, and then last year, a lot of them closed down and were forced, right? So evolution and adoption will come when the use cases become unavoidable. And that's why the metaverse space is very interesting because it kind of, it forces the evolution in the way that allows social interaction to introduce the idea and the functions and the possibilities subconsciously. And the NFT space is a is a big push for that. So when I go into the conversations, I do try to talk about NFTs as well, because the metaverse NFTs, um, to me, are one of the most valuable NFTs that you can have, not excluding art or music or IP in general, that will always be important, but in the metaverse, these, thing, these things can be, can exist and have a function like properly, right? So if you really wanna see what the future looks like in the blockchain space from someone that has been speaking to a lot of industry leaders, it's gonna be for people like Camillo, you know, the Diggins of the world, <laughs> you know, it is what it is and it's really sad because i feel like a lot of people would benefit from it but it it's so hard for them to grasp the concept they're not engaging themselves with the idea of what blockchain is like it's it's difficult to understand why but maybe you know life is stressful enough without thinking about the future but i have also spoken to some amazing incredible people with amazing incredible projects. they're going to change the way governments operate they're going to change the way the police operate. they're going to change the way food hospitals all that these systems are going to be put in place but then i will na- I, I, i'm no longer as um, so naive to not realize what happened the last time around when new invention came to play and some people were sleeping and other people were learning so yeah that's the short version <laughs>
0: Yeah, thanks uh, so much, Ron, for, for this detailed overview. I think, you know, um, <clears throat> making, you know, these type of projects intuitive and accessible is, is a big challenge. But I think MGH is doing a great job in regards to, you know, accelerating by releasing educational content and, you know, articles, shows, and also being on podcasts like today. So it's really a, a great job um, that is done, I would say. In, in regards to the innovations that MGH brings to the table, Right obviously the Oracle that is being developed is, is, is something that's, that's quite interesting to look at as well as the NFT pools and the respective NPTs, the NFT pool tokens. So, um, Camille, this, this, uh, may go to you from, from the technical side of things like, what do you, would you kind of, in regards to describing the entire life cycle of the Oracle's the algorithm and the pools, um, how would you describe it you know, in, in regards to it, like having it as an elevator pitch from that perspective? And um, going more into detail, what do you think will be the biggest challenges and also opportunities along, uh, along this journey and way?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, to, to explain how the whole process of, of the, the minting of the entities work and how, how we actually integrate the Oracle and all those things, we need to know what the problem is in the NFT market. As I mentioned it before, it's mainly liquidity and the lack of valuation model. So you have all these different types of NFTs that don't really have uh, um, a foundation on how to value them. And we uh, teamed up actually with a a team of very capable engineers um, from Colombia that will actually develop a valuation model for NFTs. We will look at different aspects such as we will mainly focus on, on virtual lands. So we will look at how big those lands are, uh, where are they located, how many times have they they've been traded, and then we'll build a model that will uh, pretty much feed our smart contracts with um, a fair price. So if people want to actually take part of these pools, um, they want to do it for mainly two reasons. Either they don't have enough money to actually afford an NFT, so they just want to take part of the price development of those uh, nfts so people will just pretty much put their money in those pools which work as an index so you have an index of different nfts within this pool and uh, you will pretty much buy some uh, synthetic tokens that replicate the value of the nfts within the pool so that's one um, type of interaction that you can have with those pools and the second one is the interaction that nft owners would have uh, with the pools so if you own an nft that is a, has a lot of value and you just wanna um it's sitting idle and you're not doing anything with it you can come to mgh you can put it in the pool and you can reduce your exposure to the nft through the nft pool token so if, since i mentioned it's an index <clears throat> that index will pretty much you will uh, participate uh with the proportion of the nft that you have within it so um that's to to Kind of explain how how it works and um i mean the thing is and one of the challenges that 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 are linked to that are pretty much the variables that are chosen on uh, how to value those nfts so with virtual lands it's actually fairly easy to put it that way because you have like sort of the uh, standard variables from the real estate market so you have location size price and stuff like that but if we start valuing different types of nfts such as CryptoPunks, we have different variables in, in 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 the game all of a sudden so um are people talking about them which characteristics have these nfts do they have a hat do they have some glasses and those things are uh kind of complicate the process of valuing that but uh given that everything is on chain you are able to actually retrieve many of or Almost all of that information um, from the blockchain. So it's uh, it's of course a challenge, but it, it can be overcome. I don't know if that answers your question.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think it's, it's it's a great concept, right? To to solve these these obvious issues. And um, in regards to the the oracle itself, are you looking into? Chainlink API 3D. With which Oracle providers are you are you looking into from that respect, and um, how's the development process going?
1: Yeah, so uh, the Oracle provider that we chose was Chainlink since they have like uh, the whole infrastructure for this. They they have been in the space for a very long time. So we chose uh, and and they can actually integrate with the different types of APIs. So we actually chose Chainlink for this um, and. But we've also been exploring different options, uh, which are kind of more decentralized, such as API3. And we will definitely uh, start to work towards uh, providing NFT data. I mean, as I explained, we have our NFT pools that will serve our users. But the idea is to actually provide NFT data for the whole blockchain space. So if people want to know what the fair value of an NFT is, they will come to us. And they will be able to retrieve that information in the in a decentralized way to put it to put it that way so yeah chain link would be as i said mm-hmm. because of the infrastructure and then we will explore different things such as api3 uh to further decentralize the way we provide nft data to the world
0: okay yeah i think it's it's definitely much needed also quite interesting right in the future for asset managers that, that may, may utilize a, a solution like this. So, yeah, I mean, MGH is definitely a very interesting project. Uh, no financial advice, of course, but definitely worth worth looking into. So to kind of uh, evolve further along the, the, the journey of the podcast today, I would like to ask this week's special question from the Be Crypto uh, community, right? So uh, they basically asked, how could the metaverse change our society i mean it's it's quite a broad question um so i'm not sure who wants to go first of you but uh maybe john you you want to start with it and then camille you can kind of uh, give some feedback on that regard
2: i think blockchain is going to change society simply because innovators like us will not rest like camille already mentioned something really interesting he said the data of what's going on with the nfts which means transparency, and one of the biggest things that a centralized society lacks is the trans. Is the transparency? Um, so that's already going to be a big effect, right? And then it trickling down into the metaverse space, having like everyone sees what's going on with social media now, right? Having that manifest in the metaverse, which means access to events, access to information, but on a heightened level because it has a social aspect. It has Mm. the gaming aspect. It has the the technology aspect. It's going to make people more interested in technology, more interested in blockchain. So I think the metaverse is going to play a very big role in accelerating adoption of blockchain in general, in different aspects, which will then lead into transparency. So I love the effect that the Metaverse is gonna have on commerce, but then also in how people interact with technology and how that will at the end of the day affect all of us in one way or the other. I'm looking forward to the transparency.
1: Yeah, and and to add into uh, to what, what John said is, well, I mean, when we talk about the metaverse, it's, it's actually a topic and a word, a buzzword, right? And pretty much I hear like, of course I work with it and, and we work in it, but we, you hear it all the time, right? And I think nobody really has like one definition of what the metaverse is. When you hear the word metaverse, you think, okay, this is an abstract thing. This is another world, it's a parallel life and stuff like that, but it's actually not like that. I think the way society is evolving, like um, Jean mentioned, is towards a more digitally digitally driven uh, life, right? And for mm-hmm. me, the metaverse is so, uh, like a new way of organizing uh, this whole body for for the digital age, right? So I mean, people will increasingly spend more time on the internet doing things that they like, being it watching movies, playing games, or whatever you could imagine. And there is an infrastructure to actually assure the coordination and um, of, of human society, right? And that is in, in this uh, huge spectrum where you have like the digitization of everything pretty much. So that I think it will definitely change uh, the world dramatically. I mean, we had the internet which changed, I mean, lots of things that, that, that how we interact. I mean, what would we do? We wouldn't be here without the internet, right? the transfer of information between users like in a seamless way. Then you had blockchain coming with like the transfer of value in a trustless way. And now you have like the internet of assets coming on top of that with the metaverse where you can actually uh, solve like this need to replicate um, properties of the physical world, right? Like uniqueness, um, ownership, uh, scarcity. Like you have all of these things that existed in the real world, but we didn't have the means to actually um, replicate them on the internet. And now through the metaverse, through blockchain, through NFTs, we're able to do that, right? And, and I think that's a key thing because now that we can replicate them, that we can uh, have all these properties of the physical world in a digital native or di- digital only environment that will completely change the way uh, societies. And people interact
0: yeah and you you kind of already laid the the path for <laughs> the last and final topic of, of the conversation metafi right the the convergence of the metaverse as well as the the DeFi space right why is it relevant um you know mainly to our listeners it's relevant because look like everyone is always trying to integrate real world assets into defi right i mean the main box uh, obviously we we also do this and um it's it's it can be quite challenging and hence it's it's much more straightforward to integrate assets such as an nft right into into DeFi and and, uh, rather than just having to go through the regulatory struggle with with other assets. So so when we look at, you know, MetaFi, one of the biggest assets there that that, that can be leveraged uh, would be probably lands, right? You already mentioned it, I think both so far. So um, in regards to the respective land curation, which obviously MGH is also um, aiming to do, from the perspective of what you can do with such a land, right? Which is basically like a digital form of real estate. What would you highlight as kind of the, yeah, three, four main monetization opportunities with, with virtual real estate? I think, um, yeah, I'm not sure who wants to take this question, but...
1: Sure. Um, I think there are a couple of aspects um, there. I mean, if we talk about virtual land, you can you can um structure it in whichever way you want so you can for instance have a museum and then charge like the entry for it you can have an art gallery and charge the entry for it you can create a game and you can monetize like the whole uh interaction of the players with the game with the whole in-game items and then make money i mean generate revenue streams from that but if we talk about the land itself you could actually take the land and use it as collateral to actually pay your mortgage or to actually get some liquidity for something else. Now, um, and, and that, is the, that would be like, like the main, main things that I w- would highlight from, from how you can generate value from, from virtual worlds. But as I said, since you have a piece of land, you can pretty much do whatever you want with it. And I mean, the possibilities are unlimited in that regard, right?
0: yeah yeah
1: definitely. what i'm really
2: excited about before like, we go on to the next one in the metaverse space is the event event space as an artist i'm always looking for ways to like connect but i'm an introvert i am socially awkward like you can't take me anywhere the internet is a blessing i can interact with people on the safe side of the world and that's my house <laughs> Like I not to leave you know so having being able to meet everyone that listens to my music from all over the world, having, being able to have events that are international without ever having to get on a flight, being able to build replicas of those spaces in the metaverse, like having merch there, having like, if just a series of things that you would have in real life, right? But then you could have it in the metaverse space that would tie you together forever making those memories I want to know what it feels like it's like there are a lot of things that can be said but I don't think any of us will truly understand how impactful and how beautiful it is until we have done a couple right it's like um hanging out with your friends you know yeah Friday you guys are going to hang out but you don't know what exactly is going to happen like, you don't know, but there's, there's going to be laughs. There's going to be really good memories. It's going to be a conversation that's going to shift your mind. And I think having that, being able to do that, especially with the visa situation, right? Because we are living in a centralized society. Everyone needs a visa to travel. Then you have now the corona situation going on. Then you have to figure out, look, um, like, a budget. If, if Team Impala or another artist is performing in Australia, and that's the last show, I can't go. I'm not getting on a flight for 20 hours but now you can literally be like oh this is what's happening next week I mean of course make sure you get your ticket early but it's it will no longer be about overly exhausting your physical presence anywhere so I think the event like there's a lot of stuff you can do in the metaverse e-commerce etc but like the event the event development is going to be really interesting to watch happen
0: yeah Yeah. i think that's definitely a crucial point but yeah you want to say something Camilo?
1: no yeah i mean it's it's actually as i said the the possibilities are really unlimited and given that we have this uh common playing uh ground uh with the blockchain technology that you can really prove the ownership of the assets within this ecosystem you can do whatever you want with it like i mean it's 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 really amazing. All the things that you see, like I always get amazed by like all the projects that are working in the metaverse. Uh, for instance, I saw yesterday one, they have an architecture uh, boutique for a metaverse related project. So you go to them, you tell them, I want this and that, and they will do the whole architectural plan for your for your business, uh, for, your, for your land and stuff like that. So as I said, the possibilities are unlimited and that's why I think uh, there's a huge, uh, there's huge upside potential in that mm-hmm. that sense
0: yeah yeah definitely. I mean once mainstream adoption comes for for metafi and kind of generally digital assets right once people realize that the value of those is is so significant um, and when we also combine it with IP and and data and, and all these other valuable assets it's going to be very a very auspicious future, I would say, for the entire crypto space. So coming to the end of, of today's conversation, I have one last question, right, that I always ask my guests. And I think this question, uh, it's it's definitely clear that both of you, it would be good to have an answer. Um, so basically, the question is, where do you see blockchain in 10 years from now? So maybe, Jean, you, you want to go first?
2: Blockchain 10 years from now, I... I I think we all know I'm the radical one, right, (laughs) when it comes to, like, public speaking. But I think it's going to force governments to change the way they treat their people. (laughs) not speaking too much on that. Um, I think the health sector is going to have a really big impact as well. But it will start with government. It will start with how we elect our officials. It will start with um, accountability and transparency it's gonna be less easy to lie. I'm sure people are gonna be creative regardless, whatever society we live in. But I do see it, I, the shift that in between where the transition happens, those, those years, it's gonna shake up a lot of the traditional sectors. And we're gonna see a lot of cobwebs and rats fall out cause they will be displaced. And, and it's going to, I feel like it's gonna make people more enthusiastic and and optimistic about technology. So 10 years from now, a better society.
1: And yeah, and the the blockchain space in 10 years from now, I I see like two scenarios or either it gets adopted in like almost every single sector, which would be awesome. And that's like a very utopic view. Um, It it is prob it's possible. I don't know how probable it is, I really hope it that it really gets that uh, it abolishes all these inefficiencies and like game theoretical problems that we have in this world, like in politics, and in banking, uh, insurance, um, in the in the healthcare industry. I mean, you could also with with blockchain at the end of the day because you have this trustless aspect where you don't really need to 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 trust middlemen and and. That's one one scenario that I see and in that sense people will not even know what blockchain is, so it will just be part of of your life. So you will have your app uh, for for healthcare and you will have your app for banking and everything will be on a blockchain but you will not even realize it. I think that would be like the the most utopic thought and I think it's, as I said, one of the, the possible scenarios. Or the second scenario would be uh, that it turns into a very nichey market of nerds that that uh, really dream about all of these uh, things that can be changed and 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 just stays there in that like little little bubble. I hope it doesn't go that way, but it's also a, a probability. But I mean, the way I see everything developing, uh, and mainly through NFTs, I have to be honest, like you, like with Visa. Mm buying a crypto cryptopunk you see that there is a cultural aspect that is being introduced here and cultures and the societies are very powerful and they think that could be the path of of really mass adoption and there's one point where there's like no no turning back right so uh yeah but that's those are like the two scenarios I see
0: mm-hmm. definitely i think it's going to be very, very interesting uh to to follow this this path of, of further adopting blockchain and uh, yeah i'm really excited to to what's ahead so thanks guys so much for for being on the show today um it was great um speaking with you about such a very pressing uh topic within the entire crypto space and yeah, yeah it was it was great to have you guys and um hope you have a have a great day you too nicholas Thank thanks, you
2: very much. thanks for having us nicholas it was fun
0: Sure, sure. And to our listeners, as always, if you have any questions in regards to MGH, the metaverse in general, and, and uh, you know, MetaFi, you you can definitely reach out to, to my guests. And um, on the other hand, if you have any further questions in regards to blockchain or tokenization, you can reach out to me. Thank you, guys, and see you soon. Bye-bye.